If God spoke to you right now and said, I want you to perform your salvation, go, what would you do? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean, work out your salvation? Huge amount of debate and discussion over this, lots of ink spilled over this, major, major theological discussion, work out your salvation. It causes that phrase causes a lot of consternation in a lot of evangelicals because as evangelicals, we kind of have an allergic reaction to the word work and salvation anywhere close to each other, right? We're just like, oh, no, 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 because, and that, rightly so. That's the way it should be because, because Romans 4 or 5 is very clear. Uh, we don't work for our salvation, right? It, the salvation only comes to those who don't work for it. And if you do work to earn your salvation, you're disqualified from being saved. So it's not for people who work for it. Um, so, so we know we don't work for our salvation. So what are we to make of this command? Work out your salvation. Some people have made a big deal about the word out. They say that's the key. It's, you're working it out. But that's not really it because that word's not even in the Greek. <laughs> There's no word for out in this, in this sentence. In the Greek, it's literally just continue to work your salvation. And the word work, uh, you study that word, it just simply means Do. That's what the word means. Just just carry something out. It's the word used sometimes of committing a sin. The word commit. It's that word. Or it's used a few times in Romans 7 where Paul's saying, you know, that, that whole section where he says, I do what I don't want to do and what I don't want to do that I do. And I, uh, I don't understand what I do. Some of those do's are, are this word. Uh, in, or like in verse 18 of that chapter, he says, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. That's the word, carry it out. Just, it just simply means to do something or to carry something out. So this phrase translated work out your salvation just simply means do it. Do your salvation. Carry it out. Because your salvation is not simply something you have. Your salvation is something you do. Your salvation is something you do. You say, Daryl, you mean uh, we save ourselves? No, no, not saying that. He made that very clear just back in chapter 1, verse 28. He said, you will be saved and that by God, right? So we don't save ourselves. It's God who saves us. God gives you salvation. But once he gives it to you, you have a responsibility to carry it out. Just like God made you a human being, but it's your responsibility to carry on being a human being. uh, It's the same way with salvation. He gave you the gift, now you put it to use. Now, in order to put the gift of salvation into use, you have to have it. You have to already have it. So this passage has absolutely no application whatsoever to an unbeliever. You don't tell an unbeliever, work out your salvation. That would be be putting it in the wrong mailbox. It's not for unbelievers. A non-Christian can't do his salvation because he didn't even have salvation. So, so this verse isn't for people who haven't bowed the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and received the free gift of salvation through faith in Christ yet. But for those of us who have, those of us who are believers and who have received the free gift of salvation from God, we need to roll up our sleeves and put that gift to use. We're not saved by works, but that doesn't, and we don't earn our salvation in any sense, but that doesn't mean there's no work involved. 
There is work involved because some gifts call for activity. If you receive a gift that calls for activity, that doesn't make it less of a gift. Still just as much of a gift. Like, like your mom and dad buys you a bicycle for Christmas. That's the type of gift that calls for some activity, right? If you're going to use it, it's intended for use. In fact, it can be a lot of hard work, a lot of pedaling. But does that make the bike less of a gift? No. No, it's still just as much of a gift. And the gift of salvation is like that. It's a gift that God gave you to use. So if you get a bike, ride it. If you get a piano, play it. If you get a shirt, wear it. If you get a car, drive it. If you get a game, play it. And if you get salvation, do it. Now you hear all that, it's like, okay, I was with you right up until that last one. Because uh, I know what it means to put a bike into use or a car or a game or a shirt, but what does it mean to do my salvation? What does that even mean? The answer to that question is right here in the first half of the sentence. And we don't have to come up with all kinds of complex theological theories uh, to figure out what it means to carry out our salvation, to work our salvation. It's not a hard thing because all you have to do is pay attention to the structure of this sentence. Look at what he says. Because what you expect is, what you would expect would be for him to just say, just as you have always obeyed, continue to obey, right? That would make sense. Just as you've always done it, continue to do that. And that's exactly what the sentence means. Just as you've always obeyed, continue to obey. But that second part, he switches it up on us and he uses an alternate way of saying obey. He says, just as you've always obeyed, instead of continue to obey, he says, just as you've always obeyed, continue to do your salvation. Continue to carry on being a Christian. So can you see there that being a Christian, doing your salvation, carrying that out is the same as living a life of obedience? That's what the Christian life is. They're equivalent. Um, You put your car into use by driving it. You put your shirt into use by wearing it. You put your salvation into use by obeying God. That's how you do it. That's what it means to carry on being a Christian. Obey God. So there's no such thing as a Christian who's unwilling to obey Christ. No such thing. Sometimes people, you see, hear this all the time. Oh, so-and-so, they invited Jesus in their heart, um, and so they're a Christian, but they're not really following Christ. Um, if they're not following Christ, if they're not obedient to Christ, they're, they're not a Christian. That's a contradiction in terms. Because if they're not following Christ, they're not believers. Because if you believe, the whole point of believing is you trust Him, right? You trust Him enough to follow him. Uh, you trust him more than you trust yourself. And if you don't trust him that much uh, to follow him, then you don't trust him. Which means you're not a believer, which means you're not a Christian. Now, we all disobey. I'm not saying that, that Christians never disobey. Christians all, we all disobey every day. But, but someone who is a true believer will repent when they disobey because they want to follow Christ. Salvation is a matter of obedience from beginning to end. That's how you even became a Christian. Do you know that that the gospel comes to us as a command? Your initial conversion, the day that you become a Christian, you're obeying a command because the command is believe. (laughs) That's the the scripture calls the gospel a command, a sacred command that comes to us. And when you first believed, you were obeying that command. And then from there on, the whole rest of the Christian life is just more of the same, just obeying. Commands. Matthew twenty-eight seventeen. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How do we do that, Jesus? Baptizing them and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So baptizing them, let's get them converted. And then after that, teach them to obey. That's the Christian life. What would it look like for you to put your salvation into use today? How about the knowledge of your forgiveness? How about that part of your salvation? How could you put that into use? Remember in 2 Peter 1, 7-9, it says, When you forget that you've been cleansed from your past sins, the result is you stop growing in the whole list of virtues that he mentions there. Faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, kindness, and love. And you become ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Christ. All that happens when we forget about our past cleansing. So how could you put your knowledge of your cleansing into use today? How could you use it to improve your attitudes or your mood, your outlook, the way you treat others or your gratitude? Take another aspect of your salvation. How about grace? God supplies you with strengthening, enabling grace every day, especially through your spiritual gifts. How could you make use of that today? Another component of salvation is your status as an adopted child of God. You're in his family, and you have special access to God now as your father. How could you take advantage of that today? You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given promises. You've been given the ability to embrace God's word in your heart. You've been given a vast spiritual family. Of all the elements of your salvation, pick one that you can focus on taking advantage of and putting into use today. Father God, you are my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. You are my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. You live forever. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, the rock, my Savior. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me. Or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, you will receive me. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. 
Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies, the hairy crowns of those who go on in their sins. Help us, O God, our Savior. For the glory of your name, deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. My soul glorifies you, Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.